Welcome, everyone, to the latest edition of The Quiver, the official podcast of Apollo Zero. Apollo Zero is your home for everything Orlando Apollos, whether it's news, stats, or interviews. We've got it all when it comes to your Alliance of American Football team, the Orlando Apollos. Visit us at ApolloZero.com today. I am your host, Adam Susi. With me, as always, is my co-host, Lindsay Miller. Hi. We've got a, a, a few housekeeping uh, items real quick. Uh, the audio is going to be hopefully better this today, um, and it'll hopefully be better even sooner because we've purchased a new microphone. It just isn't here yet. Uh, but that should it, it turns out there was a whole issue with my computer. That we're, we had two microphones, but it was only recognizing one, so I always sounded weird. So now he's a microphone hijacker because he stole mine. Yeah, so I, I, but we're trying to record this on one microphone to hopefully improve the sound. So that there's that. Uh, normally, we'd get into the news this week, but there isn't a lot of news specifically for the AAF this week. But there is a little bit of news around the NFL that could pertain to the AAF. So let's talk about that. First off, we've got Blake Bortles. Blake oh. Bortles is uh, a former UCF quarterback. So that that applies to uh, the Apollos and the fact that he'd be allocated to the Apollos should he come to the AAF. And I am of the opinion that he might not come to the AAF, but he is probably going to end up in spring football. Lindsay, what do you think about that? I think it would be a good move for him. Um, he kind of has struggled in the in the past year. Uh, the year before that, I think he got lucky. Uh, this past year... Helps that his receivers were all hurt this year, too. So Well, yeah, that's true, too. But still, uh, he had a really pr- rough season. I wouldn't put it past him to not, you know, want to be or not be the starter that Jacksonville may be looking for someone else. Yeah, it looks like they're going to sign Nick Foles from Philadelphia once free agency starts next week. So okay, there you go. So, hey. So his contract, he's going he's gonna to get cut. It's just a question of whether or not he gets picked up by another team. But... W- uh, the guys at uh, ESPN Radio were talking about this uh, yesterday. That it's a question of where Bortles goes, mm-hmm. and there aren't a lot of places that really need a backup quarterback of Bortles' caliber. Yeah, and the only like the one potential they they said was uh, Arizona with Cl- Cliff Kingsbury because Bortles and Kingsbury, have, who's the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, they have the same agent. Oh. So that's that might be the uh, the connection there. But if he doesn't end up in Arizona, there's not a lot of teams really looking for a, a, that kind of starting. He's because he's he's really more of a he should be a starter, but he's just not quite good enough. So enter spring football. Enter spring football. The reason I, I and before we I guess before I should get into this. Um, he would be allocated to the Apollos because he was a he's a former UCF quarterback. Um, the next place that he would potentially go would be the Atlanta Legends because they, I believe, have the uh, the affiliation or the allocation spot with the Jaguars. Okay. So, but more most likely, the, I think uh, the Apollos would pick him up as long as Gilbert's not uh, Gilbert's gone to the NFL, which we a lot of us are assuming Gilbert's going to go to the NFL. So. The reason I don't think Bortles is going to end up in the AAF is because he's going to go from having signed a, you know, a starting quarterback salary to going to the AAF, which is a paltry sum compare by comparison. It is definitely a significant cut. So 
I actually think that he's going to end up in the XFL. Oh. Because by the time... XFL! Exactly. <laughs> that was my best Vince McMahon voice. I'm sorry. Tried. You tried. That's, that's, what, that's what counts. <laughs> Thanks. The, uh, the, I, the reason I think he's going to end up in the XFL is the XFL has already said that they're going to be paying their, their players a lot more than the AAF does, specifically quarterbacks. Oh. So he's not going to have to take as much of a pay cut... And depending on the co- the coaches that are available now, you can't really get much better than Steve Spurrier as a quarterbacks no, coach. No, you really can't. I mean, obviously, I mean, look at what's going on right now. Exactly, which we're going to get into in a little bit. But there are some coaches out there in the XFL that are quarterback gurus. Um, one of them being Pep Hamilton in D.C., the other being Mark Tressman, who was just announced today, and that's the, the next topic we're going to talk about in a little bit. But I think. Bortles, depending on how they allocate players, I don't know if if he'll be able to pick and choose where he goes. Bortles might actually be a a good fit for the XFL because it's going to get a lot of attention the first year, at at least. There's there's rumors that they're going to be on ESPN. Oh. And possibly some of the, even the bigger three-letter networks for Um, some of their games. That's good. So that's good for them, but again... For Bortles, it's it's going to be all about exposure, and I'm not sure he's going to get enough exposure in the AAF or be willing to play for the pay cut that he's going to have to take. Yeah, but playing is probably the key there. Playing like is definitely the key. Being able to play somewhere. And if it was an option and that was what you got, I mean, it's better than not having a job. Absolutely, and I, th- I think he's going to take playing... In, in a starting role for a minor league team to get on film yeah. overtaking a backup job where he's just basically holding a clipboard all year. Yeah, I, I would think that being on one of the, the spring leagues, one of the minor leagues, would be a little bit better than being someone's backup. Exactly. Hoping, or not, I don't think you would be hoping that someone would get hurt or not be able to play or get cut or whatever the case is, but obviously you want the, the film time. Yeah. Speaking of the XFL, we're going to go ahead and uh, talk a little bit about the XFL Tampa Bay team. We're thinking about uh, covering them as, as well next year. So wanted to go ahead and acknowledge the fact that Mark Tressman has been named the head coach of the Tampa Bay XFL team. That was announced just earlier today. As a Bears fan, I'm a little bit conflicted. Uh, oh, yeah? Yeah, uh, because Mark Tressman was the Bears coach for two years, and it was an absolute dumpster fire. Oh, so he is a, he is good with quarterbacks. So I guess he, you know, it, it should be interesting to see how he develops because he, his offense, uh, I think the first year did actually get some some decent numbers out of Jay Cutler. So it wasn't a, a total wash, but it was overall the Bears were just not a very good team under Trustman, and that's why he only lasted two years. Be interesting to see how much longer he lasts in the XFL and how long the XFL in general lasts with in comparison to the AAF. So we'll see how that goes, but just wanted to make, an, make a point of that. And now we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, we'll have the sideline with Lindsay. And we're back. Now we've got our our latest segment with uh, 
our co-host Lindsay Miller here. We were going to go ahead and talk about a few different things that have happened around the AAF. Lindsay, take it away. All right. Well, first of all, this segment is now not Lindsay's corner. It's called The Sideline. I did a nice little poll on Facebook and Twitter, and um, that's what you guys helped me come up with. So I appreciate that. Thank you so much. All right. Anyway, moving on. Um, we were watching the games this week, and me and Adam both noticed that there were new commercials. Uh you know, we saw a couple movie commercials. We saw a movie that we probably wouldn't even know about, honestly, if the AF wasn't advertising Yeah, it. we don't watch a lot of TV, so. Yeah, we don't watch a lot of TV. We watch a lot of football, but we don't really watch in general TV. So um, we saw a preview for the movie Intruder, which I don't know if it's going to be that great of a movie. I did see something like that before. Um, but, you know, whatever. It was a different commercial. It was a Hollywood commercial, you know, like a movie. And we also saw the preview for the new superhero movie, Shazam. Yeah, which is a movie I, I'm, a, you know, I've, I'm a giant nerd, so I'm well aware of it. But uh, it was nice to see the actual, you know, more than just like a, the random trailer. It was an actual commercial for the movie, which ran uh, pretty frequently throughout all the games, including the ones on, I think, even the ones on Bleacher Report or Bleacher Report Live, like when they interstitched uh, commercials into the breaks and stuff like that, they had that one. Oh, okay. Very cool. Um, We also noticed that there were less ads about the app. The app has been kind of thrown down our throats. Not that it's a bad thing. I'm not trying to dig on the AAF and their app, but they were really pushing that app hard the first few weeks. The first four weeks, I should say, because... Yeah, no, first three weeks. This was the fourth week, and it kind of pulled back a Finally. little bit. Finally. Um, but they were really, like, every commercial break, talking about that app all the time. This time, I heard it from the announcers at the games. They were talking about it, like a brief little thing in between plays or, you know, whatever. Um, it wasn't really a commercial yeah, it was more of a live read. There were a couple commercials still with the app, but they weren't. Mm-hmm. It. Um, the one thing I noticed is this is the first time they actually reused a commercial. Oh. Uh, previously, they'd they'd had a new commercial every week, and this this is the first time they finally cut it. And it's probably why they're not running it as often anymore because they realize we've already seen this commercial a million times. Yeah. It's about time for them to kind of let it let up on it a little bit. Yeah. I also noticed that they're still pushing this whole Easter egg thing. The Easter eggs don't exist, people. It's a false. It's a false prophecy. Yes, it is. Um, I think honestly, it's just a marketing tool for them to get us to go on the app and look for them. Honestly, um, I have I looked. I literally searched, and I can't find anything special. So, AF, I'm on to you. I got you. I know what you're doing. It's working because it made me go on the app and it made me look for them. Probably had other people do that too. So, hey, kudos to you. But um, no real Easter eggs. I still maintain that the only Easter egg is that the app actually works. Yes, maybe that is it. That has got to be it because anything else was just, you know, typical stuff that was on there. I didn't see anything special. Uh, Anyway... On another note, uh, we have had some exciting things taking place over here at the Apollo's Arrow. Um, Number one, 
you know, I'm sure all of you have noticed by reading the articles, Adam writes them. I do not. I do this. I do the social media. I do not write articles. But you know what I did? I wrote an article. You wrote an article, didn't you? did. I did. It's not published yet, so I don't want to have any spoilers. I'll talk about it after they actually post it, but it's going to be on the um, Bucks Report. And I'm pretty excited about it. I worked really hard. Adam has to look at it and kind of fix it for me because he's the writer, obviously, of the group, of the two of us. So um, he's got to look at it, and then i got to send it over. But I wrote an article. That's pretty awesome. It is pretty awesome. And we're going to get you to write more articles for Apollo Zero as well. Oh, really? (laughs) Uh, Okay, another thing, besides the article... Uh, the Bucks Report people have asked us to do a live video podcast. Yeah, I'm still not car- sold on that. I know you're not, but I'm going to convince you. I have a face you. for radio, so. Oh, stop it. You're a cutie. People will like you. Anyway, um, yeah, so tomorrow, actually, today is Tuesday. We're recording this now on Tuesday. Tomorrow's Wednesday, so tomorrow night about 8 o'clock. We will be going live on Facebook, on the Bucks Report page, um, doing this podcast live for all of to see. So you can see our smiling faces. Very excited about it, actually. As, as, as much as I play that I downplay it, that I'm not excited. I'm actually really excited about the fact that we're, place. it's another way for us to expand the Apollo Zero brand, which <laughs> sounds really lame. But as a market, a, as a marketing person, that's like exactly what what we we're trying to do with this. We're trying to make the Apollo Zero and the Quiver and everything that we do with the AAF to to grow and make make it as big as possible. So th- this is just another chance for us to really expand our reach mm-hmm. and hopefully give us a reason, another reason to wor- worry about the XFL Tampa Bay team as well, right. because we're expanding into the Tampa market. So we want to do this all year round. So. We're looking for, you know, some stuff to do after the season is over. Absolutely. So anyway, um, so that's exciting. I wrote an article for them. We're going to do a live video podcast tomorrow night, 8 o'clock. Um, and I think we mentioned last week that we are now uh, part of a network of podcasts. That's right. We're part of the Alternative Football News Network and... If you heard us there last week, you already know the new, the time change. But when we were talking about the podcast, but we originally were scheduled to be on at 6 p.m. every week. That has changed. We are now going to be on at 11 p.m. every week on the AFNN, the Alternative Football News Network. So that's just a, a minor change. Got to stay up a little bit later to hear us. But, of course, you can always catch the, the podcast. If you can't wait that long, you can always catch the podcast on ApolloZero.com. That's right. So look at us. Um, I wrote an article. We're going to do a video live podcast of our show. So I'm excited about that. And we're part of a network of other podcasts. So that's exciting. And then, of course, we have um, our expanding Facebook page. Yes. So many more likes. So thank you so much for liking us. We have over 300 likes now. I wanted 300 by the next game, and we have... Uh, 326 as, as of this recording. Oh, yes, 326. So I am so excited about that. More and more people are liking our page. 
and I'm trying to put some more exclusive content on the Facebook page, so you won't be able to catch it anywhere else. Yeah, and that's actually one of the reasons we're we're trying to go more on the exclusive side is we lost, unfortunately, our ability to cover practice. Yeah, that's uh, really unfortunate. So we can't we can't share pic- pictures from practice anymore, at least while the Apollos are in up in Georgia, because it's a little bit of a trek from from Orlando. It's about a three hour drive. So you won't be seeing it each way, a three-hour drive each way, obviously. So you you won't be seeing any pictures from practice anytime soon. But until once that fixes, we'll when the Apollos come back for for the playoffs and all of that stuff, we'll actually be covering pre, be covering practice and all of that. So yeah, we'll go back to all doing that stuff again. So that was nice. Um, but anyway, that is the sideline with Lindsay. So I hope you enjoyed it. I'm excited about it. We're going to go ahead and take another break, and we'll be right back. And we're back. We're going to go ahead and jump into this week's games. The Apollos stayed undefeated. The Legends and the Memphis Express got their first win. Yay. Birmingham took their first loss. Yay. So plenty to talk about this week. Let's go ahead and first talk about Birmingham. Birmingham was a game we we didn't see the entire game. I'll, I'll, be, I'll fully admit that. We were out running errands, and it seems like that was actually a good choice. Yes. Based on uh, we were following the game on Twitter, and really just it was – Kind of a boring game. Not a lot going on. It was what three to three, I believe, until uh, Luis Perez threw through that interception uh, in the red zone, and that ultimately led to the Commanders driving down the field and scoring a touchdown. They would eventually add another field goal. Um, Birmingham would make it interesting by getting a getting a touchdown and a uh, an extra um, not extra point the two point the two point conversion. I'm still getting used to that. Yeah, we're still getting used to that. Um, but it ultimately wasn't enough. They weren't able to convert on fourth and twelve to keep the ball and go down and get another score. So the Birmingham Iron take their first loss. Uh, it was a close game, obviously, based on the score, and really, it was from the what we did see mm-hmm. of the game. Those two teams are actually much more evenly matched than we thought. Yeah, it seemed like the. Iron were going to be, like, really good. And kind of, uh, at least in my opinion, I thought they were going to be really, really good and really blow the commanders out of the water. I did, too, and that clearly didn't happen. Um, I will say the defense of the Iron showed up incredibly well. You know, not that it's hard to stop Logan Woodside. I don't think he's a very good quarterback. I've been on record about that for a while now. Mm -hmm. But... From I think it was from the one yard line they had six uh, the commanders had six straight opportunities, um, in part because of penalties and things like that. But on basically one yard to go and goal, mm-hmm. and they never got a touchdown out of it. Yeah, I saw on Facebook they were calling the defense the Iron Curtain, which maybe is a maybe a little bit premature, but it's really impressive how how much they the Iron defenses matured over the last couple of weeks and they've whereas most of the other defenses that were really good have shown shown cracks the the Birmingham Iron has seemed to have gotten better. Yes. 
And that's why um, we'll get into our power rankings in a little bit. That's why they didn't drop because of their loss because they've stayed as good as it's where they're being held back as their offense, and that's a whole separate problem. A team that is finally not being held back by their offense is the Memphis Express, who finally got their first win. Hooray. Good for them. I am excited about that. I do have a soft spot for Singletary. That notwithstanding, I think it's very important to address the fact that Mettenberger was able to continue his solid momentum from the Orlando game and actually continue to play well. Yeah, I agree. Um, When they had Hackenberg in, he was just not very good at all, and he was making ridiculous mistakes. And that was probably really stopping Memphis from doing anything. Yeah, I don't think Hackenberg ever even threw a touchdown pass. No, but once they got rid of him and put in Mettenberg, things really started to happen for them. I mean, they really got close to almost, I mean, I won't say beating us, but they started to do a whole lot better once they took Hackenberg out. Absolutely, and it definitely continued over this week, uh, playing a playing a very good squad in the San Diego fleet. Granted, the fleet were down, down a quarterback at one point. They were. Which is going to be a, a a problem for them, but the fleet were were playing well, uh, and it was it was very again it was a very tight game, but nice to see the Express actually come out on top. In part thanks to their brand new kicker, Austin McGinnis, who went four for four on kicks this week, signed just before the game uh, because uh, their previous kicker, whose name I forget now, because and it doesn't matter because he's not important. He's cut. Yeah, he's not on the team anymore. So. Uh, he, he ended up going four for four, one uh, special teams player of the week this week. So congrats, congratulations to him. Last but not least, we also have to acknowledge the fact that our rivals, the Atlanta Legends, actually managed to pull off a win this week. They sure did. Uh, another close game, uh, kind of a, a slow game. It was a slow game. Very we similar. Did watch this one, and we we watched the entire game, unfortunately. Uh, but man, Arizona has just fallen apart. Right, like in the beginning, it was all this hype about Arizona and how they were going to be like this powerhouse of the West. And they really just—they have not been—they have not lived up to it the last two weeks. No. Part of that was John Wolford going down in the week three, but he—he was—he was back. He's supposedly fully healthy. It looks like his back may still be bothering him because on some of those throws, he was—he wasn't quite as mobile as he was. Yeah. And Atlanta's defense is not that good. No, they're not. And they held it. They held Arizona to eleven points. But c- congratulations to Arizona or to Atlanta on finally getting their first win. Yes, that's very good for them. And we got an appearance by Aaron Murray. Yeah, and that that was another uh, th- thing that made a difference. Much like uh, Mettenberger coming in, Aaron Murray made a huge difference in just the quality of quarterbacking. Matt Sims wasn't playing that badly, in my opinion. I think uh, a lot of it was also his receivers dropping balls. He was, excuse me, just making poor decisions uh, too often, which was a part, supposedly one of the reasons Aaron Murray wasn't getting the job in the first place was because of the poor decisions he was making in practice and in the uh, preseason game where he threw two interceptions. So we'll see where where this goes as far as who's going to play next week, but it looks like it's going to be Aaron Murray and looks like the Legends are actually kind of on the up and up. What well, The most interesting thing is the Legends and the Express play each other this coming week Oh, in their first me- meeting. 
So it'll be very interesting to see who comes out who comes out of that one. Yeah, that'll be a very interesting game. I'm excited to watch that one. So with that, now that we've wrapped up all of the games from the week, except for the Orlando game, which we'll get into in a little bit. Right. Let's talk. Go ahead and talk power rankings. Okay. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. <laughs> And we're back. Go ahead and jump right into these power rankings. Got a very interesting week, as we we've just discussed, with teams losing that we didn't expect to lose, teams winning that we didn't expect to win. Uh, that being said, there wasn't as much movement, in part because the teams that the teams that lost were or the teams that won were at the bottom. Oh, well, that's true. So. We, to to start we'll, like we did last week, we'll start from the bottom. Number eight, we have the Atlanta Legends, who I think, despite the fact that they won, still did not look very good. No. Uh, they did get, but as we said, they got better quarterback play, which is definitely a start. But they need to be able to sustain it. They they're on their third offensive coordinator already. We'll good see if Lord. he actually. We'll see if he actually sticks more sticks around more than a week. I hope so. Uh, and that that'll be a, a very interesting. Th- yeah, I think they could be in serious trouble if they play a team like the Apollos again, which they're going to again. Yeah, but th- we will play them again, but not until the end of the season. Well, yeah, but once that happens, like you're playing eh right now, it it's not going to work out so hot for you. Yeah, and they've got a very interesting game in what I'm calling the Battle of the Bottom. <laughs> the Battle of the Bottom. Uh, where they're playing the Express this week, and it's going to be very interesting to see how who comes out of this one because basically your season's over if you lose this game. Yeah, losing going one and four because at that point you've set it you've set a tone that five weeks in you're only winning one of your games unless you go on an absolute tear, and even in this division that's not that's not guaranteed because Birmingham has such a, a big lead in second place so yeah, for the yeah. playoffs. Because it, the Apollos being undefeated and all that, your season's pretty much over if you lose this game. So it's going to be really interesting to see how how this game this game between Memphis and Atlanta affects the rest of their seasons. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting game to watch. Next up at number six, we've got the Salt Lake Stallions. I thought the Stallions, and we'll get into this a little bit um, when we talk about the actual uh, game. I thought the Stallions played a decent game against Orlando. They just were clearly not the better team. No, they definitely They were outmatched. Weren't. Definitely. They, they adjusted pretty well to the snow, but they they just weren't very good. No, it was not that good. And they only scored 11 points, which and eight of that was on one touchdown and in two-point conversions. So they really didn't score very much against – granted, the Apollo's defense has been very stingy. But they can be scored on, especially early on, and the, the, the Stallions just couldn't get it done. How much of that was the weather? I'm not 100 percent sure, but you know they had had a chance to practice in it all week. They clearly didn't adjust as well as the Apollos did. That's right. Next up, we've got the San Diego Fleet, who at two and two are in pretty good position as far as 
their their record in the con- in their Western Conference. The problem is they've just lost their quarterback, and they've lost their co- their starting quarterback Philip Nelson for about four to six weeks, which means he, pretty much his season is over. He's done for the season. Um, there's a chance he could come back for the playoffs, but that's probably not going to happen. That's even if they if they even make the playoffs, right? Which at two at two and two is still very much a possibility, but with San Antonio and Arizona both being at two and two, it's going to be really hard to break break that with Mike Bercovici at the at the helm. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. We saw him play previously, and it wasn't the best. No, it, it definitely wasn't. He he was throwing interceptions. He wasn't able to pick up the blitz. And how much of that was was because he took that big hit in that first game against the Commanders is is a good question. But he clearly isn't quite ready for for prime time yet. So looks like San Diego is going to be in a little bit of bit of trouble. Next up, we have the Arizona Hotshots, who continue their fall down the power rankings. They're they're just they're losing to teams they shouldn't lose to. Yeah, is what it comes down to. Uh, you know, we saw cracks in the armor when they almost lost to the Express, and but were able to come back with I think it was like eight eighteen unanswered points or something like that. Yeah. So. They've showed signs of weakness, and the, those signs are now magnified by the fact that they've lost now two in a row. They lose to the Atlanta Legends. They only score, I think it was 11 points, which is against that defense. It's just it's really amazing because that defense is just not very good. I think John Wolford's back is still bothering him more than he's letting on. Um, he just he looked like he was getting up a little gingerly when he when he was taking some big hits. So. It'll be interesting to see how this go, how the next couple of weeks go because if they continue to lose, the the once vaulted hotshots are are going to be out of the playoff picture. Coming in at number three, just ahead of the hotshots, is the biggest jump of the week: the San Antonio Commanders, who were at number six. Uh, I'm I'm jumping them up, and the Commanders have moved up and down on this list a lot uh, over the last couple of weeks, in part because they've had some some weird games. But the fact that they came out on top against the Birmingham Iron gives them a, a nice big jump. It shows that they, they can continue to play despite the fact that their quarterback just isn't very good. Um, he didn't play very well against the, the Iron, but nobody plays very well against the Iron, so I'm not going to hold that against him necessarily. But the fact that they their defense held the Iron to just uh, 11 points is a very good sign that their defense is absolutely legit. They're probably the second best defense in the league behind the iron. So it'll be interesting to see how they how they can contain the hot shots, who they play this weekend, and it's really going to be ultimately a battle for first place. It's it's li- it's literally a battle for for first place, but I think ultimately it's a battle for first place in this co- conference because at this at that point a win for the Commanders puts the Commanders solidly on the in the the front seat as far as the first place in the conference whereas the hot shots will be that'll be their third loss in a row and they'll be really taking a step back next up we have the birmingham iron who even even though they lost it was a very close game again like i said i think the iron defense is tops in the league they played incredibly well luis perez has to figure out a way to to do something other than hand the ball off to Trent Richardson in the end zone. Otherwise, they're going to be in serious trouble. And we're going to find out just how much trouble they're going to be in when they play the number one team in our power rankings, the Orlando Apollos. Yes. 
The Apollos have been the best team by far in the in the alliance all season long, and they continue that by adapting really well to the cold. Their their offense pl- pretty much didn't change except for the first quarter. Yeah, which was a huge a huge help, and they just showed why they're the best team in the league. Right, and I'm really impressed that they went to Salt Lake. It was snowing. Most of those men are from Florida, warm places, not used to that. And they they pulled it together, and it was great. And that's just about all we have for the power rankings. We're going to go ahead and take one last quick break, and then when we come back, we'll discuss a little bit about the, uh, the Apollos-Stallions game, but really we're going to focus on the upcoming game against the Birmingham Iron. We'll see you in a second. And we're back. We've already talked about it a little bit. We're going to go ahead and just recap the Apollo Stallions game real quick for you again. The Apollos win 20 to 11. They adapt really well to the, the snowy conditions. Uh, the defense plays ex- exceptionally well. The only gives up the one rushing touchdown and a field goal. Uh, the Apollo's offense stutters a little bit at the, at the beginning, but that had m- more to do with the conditions than it did their usual slow starts. Uh, Lindsay, what did you think of the, fir- of the Apollo's game? I was really impressed. Like I said before, those guys aren't from that part of the country they're not used to the altitude they're not used to snow they're not used to being freezing cold they're like if it's 70 degrees it's cold outside kind of people i think i mean some of them are from you know places up north you know jalen marshall's from ohio so he's a little used to it but um for the most part they're from like florida georgia places like that that are warm and that's a hard thing to adjust to i know i would have difficulty doing it um, so I'm really impressed that they went there. Um, they put their best foot forward. They came out with a W, and that's nice. And I agree, especially with the adapting to the cold. I'm, I'm from Chicago. I, I'm used to the, that kind of cold, and even now I'm starting to, uh, having lived in Florida for a long enough time, it, it takes me a while to adapt when the weather changes, so I can't imagine seeing snow for the first time, that kind of thing, how much that would affect you. Yeah. But it really didn't seem to affect their play beyond the first quarter. And that was a huge part of the the way this game actually went, played out because as a result, the Apollos found their offensive groove and were able to get down in the field, score a couple touchdowns. They actually ran the ball pretty well. Um, this week it was Devion Smith, who was the uh, bell cow running back with 12 carries, 51 yards, long of 18. Uh, Ernest Johnson, who was the starter, also had uh, 31 yards. And Akeem Hunt came back to the forefront a little bit. Yeah, we got to see him again. Um, thought he he wasn't going to get a lot of carries, but he ended up getting eight carries for 35 yards. He also caught a pass, finally. Uh, yes. I think this is the, th- the third time he'd been targeted, and this is the first time he actually caught it. So, of course, in the, sn- in the rain, he couldn't catch it. In, in the uh, dry conditions, he couldn't catch it. But when it actually came down to a snow game, Akeem Hunt catches the t- catches yes, the pass. He did it. So it's weather. There, maybe maybe that's just what we need is it, it's a snow every game, and then Akeem Hunt can actually catch the pass out of the backfield. <laughs> Good luck with that in Florida. Speaking of uh, passing, Garrett Gilbert had another really solid game 20, 22 of thirty two for two hundred and forty four yards. Uh, he also ran the ball a couple times. Uh, f- 
five carries for only six yards, but some of those include loss, uh, kneel downs and that sort of thing. So his long, even though he only had six yards rushing, his long was seven. So that should tell you a little bit about uh, how they had to deal with victory formation and that sort of thing. The biggest recipient of Gilbert's passing was, again, Charles Johnson. Uh, targeted 12 times for for nine rece- receptions, 105 yards. So, again, Johnson leads the league in, rece- in uh, receiving yards. Garrett Gilbert leads the league in passing yards. It's it's overall clearly that is part of the offense that's clicking. We also had uh, a strong game from Rennell Hall. Hall had uh, four receptions for f- fifty-seven yards, which you wouldn't expect. Hall being from Miami, he's a uh, he went to UCF. He is not definitely not used to the snow. He's one of those people Lindsey was talking about, but he adapted really well and he played really well. So that's good. Overall, a very good uh, defensive performance as well. Um, no interceptions this week. Surprisingly, there were a couple dropped interceptions. Uh, Keith Rezor had one, had one that he dropped, like it, the ball literally hit him straight in the hands. He just, I think the snow and the wet ball just, it slipped out and that was towards the end of the game. Um, but there were a couple other interceptions that were dropped that could have gone the other way and really changed the game for us. Uh, but ultimately it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Because the defense played so well, they really held uh, Brandon Oliver in che- in check. Seventeen carries for seventy-one yards, which seems like a lot, but uh, it's only four four point two yards per carry. He was he was running the ball pretty well, but then he exited with a quad injury. Um, Joel Bonio Bonio uh, only eight carries for thirty yards. He did have a long of fourteen, which was on that touchdown run. So not the best performance, but he did get he did get in the end zone, so credit to him for that. But that's really all there is to say about this game because the Apollos I mean, it wasn't a un like a flashy dominant performance like it was against Atlanta. Yeah. And it wasn't the, the air raid that we had against uh San Antonio, but it was just another solid win. It was. It was a good performance. I enjoyed it. Um, Salt Lake, you know, they weren't terrible, but they weren't as good. And it, it was good. I'm really just overall impressed, again, with the weather conditions and the way that our boys played. So, great win. Now we move on to Birmingham, which should be a very interesting game because Birmingham has uh, had some weather issues lately as well with uh, with rainy games. Yes, that terrible. It was like raining, like right before the game or something. Last, made this made week. the field conditions a little bit uh, yeah. slippery as well. It wasn't quite a snow game, but it definitely made for an interesting game for, for them against the Commanders, and it would be interesting to see if the weather holds out for this game against the Apollos because this is ultimately a battle for first place. Yes. And not just does. and not just first place in the conference, but really first place as far as who's who's going to have the upper hand for the playoffs and who's going to have probably host a home playoff game. Yeah. Because a win a win for the Apollos puts them at 5 and 0 and puts the Birmingham Iron at 3 and 2. That's a two game gap with only five games to play. Yeah. And at that point, it's th- there aren't a lot of games on the Apollo schedule that you say, oh, they're going to lose that one. Yeah. Um, which isn't to say that, as we've seen in this league, that any, any team can beat any team the, uh, after the Legends beat the, the Hot Shots. This is true. But it'll be really interesting to see how the 
the Apollos attack this uh, defense of the Birmingham Iron because the game the game is going to mean a lot, and the Apollos offense is probably the one o- the one offense that I would say in this league that can beat the uh, the Birmingham Irons uh, defense. What do you right. think, Lindsay? I think that you're absolutely correct that our offense can get past that iron curtain. I'm pretty certain that it's going to happen, so we'll see. I love that little name. I know that seems like it's kind of weird because it's like a almost a, what do you call it? Uh, help me out here. Communist reference. There we go. I was <laughs> going to say. That's what I, I was going for. I'm I, so I didn't know where you were going with that. I do blank. But I like that, you know, they kind of called it that. It was cute. So, very interesting. I think the couple keys to the game is going to be, again, I, I sound like a broken record because I bring this up every time, but they have to, the Apollos have to run the ball well because the reason they need to run the ball well is they need to control the clock. And I think even if they aren't having success in the beginning, they need to continue to stick with the run unless they have an opportunity like they did against the Commanders to just bomb the hell out of the game. Mm-hmm. Because if that if that opportunity comes, it it's we showed against San Antonio that if that's how Spurrier is going to play against a tough defense, just throw it over their heads and let our faster receivers go get it. I do think the Birmingham defense is a little bit better than the San Antonio defense, especially in the secondary. So how much we'll be able to throw over their heads is, is still a little bit of a question. That being said, I do think that strategy will work. So it'll be very interesting to see what kind of uh, offensive strategy Steve Spurrier employs during this game, because at the like I said, this game is going to ultimately have a lot to do with who makes the playoffs and who who hosts that playoff game. Because I do think long run in this division, we are going to see Orlando and Birmingham play three times this year, Mm -hmm. Um, and that's why winning this game and showing that we can beat them in their place. We, and I think we can beat them again in the last game of the season, that ultimately it doesn't really matter where we play them, we're still going to win. But having that advantage of a home game in the playoffs is is good, not only for the team's, the team's advantage but and not having to travel and all of that stuff, but also for the actual front office mm-hmm. of ha- having to be able, or being able to sell t- tickets to a home playoff game. And it's an advantage for us because we get to go. Absolutely, because we all know that uh, we may not be able to make the trip to Vegas, because which we fully expect the Apollos to play play in the championship game in Vegas. So at least we'll be able to co- cover a uh, home playoff game. Yeah, that would be awesome. That's all we have for you this week. Don't forget, you can c- catch us every week at 11 p.m. on Wednesdays on the Alternative Football News Network. And starting uh, this week as well, we'll be going live on the Bucks Report at 8 p.m., or is it 8.30? 8 p.m. 8 p.m. on the Bucks Report on Facebook Live. So we'll see you then. All right, have a good night, everyone. We'll see you hopefully on Facebook Live watching us tomorrow night at 8 p.m. (laughs) 